You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Helping and alive. Yeah. Yourself? I'm not too bad. I'm starting to get the sense of complacency, aren't you? Aren't you starting to get that feeling that, Uh, well, we really don't need to worry about uh, COVID anymore because everything's going to be fine now, right? I mean, that that implies that I was worried about COVID in the first place. Well, you mean to tell me you weren't? Fauci and those guys have been running around all year with their hair on fire on the mainstream media. Fauci's still talking about death if you don't get a vaccine. I would watch the mainstream media if, I, if he was legitimately running around with his hair on fire. That would be entertaining. That but, would be ratings. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. That would that would be ratings. But no, actually, you're right. I, I have been gravely worried about COVID-19. That, that's true. But not the virus itself. Uh, the virus known as government is more what I was concerned about and, and their authoritarian mm-hmm. leanings. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is today, and we knew that this was coming. We we knew this was coming today. The FDA has granted full approval to Pfizer's uh, Pfizer and BioNTech uh, for their uh, COVID nineteen vaccine. Okay, now there's a couple of things here. First of all, we knew that that was coming. We knew that, that was coming down the line. Not just because. That's something that they need at this point. By the way, this is the fastest that a vaccine has ever been approved in history. It normally takes almost 10 years for a vaccine. Hell, it took us 70 years to get a working polio vaccine. 70 years. And they've now come up with the Holy Grail in less than 12 months. I don't think so. This thing has killed countless tens of thousands of people at this point. The ones that we know of for sure, we don't even know the actual numbers. The German doctors, the Ger- one of the Germans leading pathologists at the University of Heidelberg, which is their top medical school, has come out and said, we're possibly looking at 30 to 40 percent fatality rate just from the vaccines that we don't even know. That's something that we need to look into. But of course, what do you think happened to that little issue that was all swept under the rug and brushed aside? CNN this morning on the approval by the FDA now, keep in mind, Pfizer was the only one approved, at least as far as I know at this point. Pfizer was the only one, only one approved. Who is the guy that sits on the board of the FDA? Now, there's a few of them that sit up there, but who's one key member in particular? A gentleman by the name of Scott Gottlieb. Who's he? Well, he just so happens to be the former CEO of Pfizer. Do you think that he might have just a little bit of a vested interest in seeing that company and his share prices go up just a little bit, just a little bit? He relinquished all his shares in, in that company when he, be, when he became a bureaucrat. So yeah, clearly he, that, that that's not why he's doing it, right? Right, right. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's listen to this. Zin, the FDA has now granted full approval to the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. This for uh-huh. people aged 16 and older. This is the first coronavirus vaccine given full approval by the FDA. To this point, remember, it's been under what's known as emergency use authorization still safe and many tens of pe- millions oh, of people have been vaccinated <laughs> however it's still safe yeah. big changes expected with this including opening the door to more vaccine mandates oh 
oh, oh that, that's the key right there. That's what that is right there. Now they're going to start threatening people's livelihoods. That's what it's all been about. Is that right there? Businesses have been telling the government and these bureaucrats to go get stuffed. And so now... Now they're going to drop the hammer on that just a little bit. But that's okay. That's okay. Because, Bruce, all of that time that you've been waiting, right, that time is now over. You should brush all your concerns aside now because it's been given full approval. And the day that you've been waiting for is finally here, right? Uh uh, the, the the way I said it uh, before we started recording, I can't exactly say the same way, but in essence, I said, um, sit on your thumb and rotate. When you get to the elbow, the ride's over. I mean, how does that work? Or- uh, no, no, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going all the way to the shoulder blade. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, President Joe Biden on alleviating all of your concerns. The FDA announced it is fully concluded. It's the it's now is a thorough, independent scientific review. Uh huh. After a strict process, the FDA has reaffirmed its findings that the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective. Safe and effective. Right. And the FDA has given its full and final approval. Right. right. So let me say this uh, loudly and clearly. If you have if you're one of the millions of Americans who said that they uh, will not get the shot, when it's until it has full and final approval of the FDA. It's not what we said. It has now happened. The moment you've been waiting for is here. Uh It's time for you to go get your vaccination. Get it today. (laughs) Today. This is coming from a federal government that tells you if you want to go on a cruise, you need to get vaccinated. You go get vaccinated. Then they tell you if you've been vaccinated, you don't want to get on a cruise ship. <laughs> this is the same person that says that it, it well, the, these shots protect you. You're OK. Yeah, it's, you're OK. You're not going to get COVID if you have one of these shots. Right. The countries that have the largest vaccination rates are the ones that have the largest spikes in cases. They're the ones that are going into the hospitals. It's not unvaccinated people that are going to the hospitals. The inventor of the mRNA vaccine, Dr. Robert Malone himself, has said on many interviews that we're in now what's called the worst possible outcome. They are now using these to try and justify getting their way out of this mess that they have put themselves and everybody else in. They are causing the mutations through this vaccination. Dr. Francis Boyle, the law professor who wrote the Biological Weapons Convention and authored the book that I'm holding up here that Bruce can see, uh, Biowarfare and Terrorism. He said in an interview on Saturday, I listened to it this morning, he said in an interview on Saturday that if they didn't get you with the first two, then they're going to get you with the third one. If you took the first two and you're in line to take a third one, they're going to get you with the third one. And to round it all off, I mean, it was an hour long interview, but to round it all off, basically the last question to him was, what do you see this as being what agenda is being played out in your opinion, what agenda is being played out? And he said, all we're seeing here is a degenerating political and financial elite that have lost control of everything. And they are just going full bore at a full authoritarian takeover. That's all we're seeing here. And that's what it is. That's what it is. We talked about it yesterday, how they're funding all these little proxy wars now and how it's not the political class. Remember, they're meant to be destroyed. It's not the Klaus Schwab's. It's not even the Bill Gates's when you get down to it. Bill Gates has been tasked to carry that stuff out. Same thing as Klaus Schwab. He's been tasked to carry that stuff out. It's the foundations. It's the central banks. You heard the central bank 
one of the central bank heads we played here yesterday, James Bullard of the St. Louis Fed. In the early days, the central banks were calling for a six-week hard lockdown of the economy. We couldn't figure out why. It didn't make any sense. Why on earth would a central bank be calling for a six-week hard lockdown when it relates to health matters? It's got nothing to do with them. Well, it's pretty simple. This allows them, by this being out in public and this agenda continuing, this allows them to shut down sectors of the economy and pull people out whenever they need it. At the same time, if you can get enough fatalities, when I say, and I literally mean that, if you can get enough fatalities with these uh, jabs that are not even uh, vaccines, if you can do that, well, then that's going to cause a labor shortage too, isn't it? Which we know that corporations are already doing succession planning for those that have been vaccinated, not the unvaccinated ones. Usually people that are involved in oil companies, they usually have a little bit more in insider information than a lot of the rest of us, and they're doing succession planning. But again, back to the point of them wanting this ID system. It allows them, and, and of course, you have to continue on with this, this type of control system, and they'll do it with social credit. When you do that, it allows them to keep the hyperinflation down. If we didn't have this crisis right now, money would be flowing everywhere. If the economies were open, money would be flowing everywhere. They would lose control, and we'd all be Argentina. We'd be throwing helicopter money up. Everything would go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it would be Afghanistan times a million worldwide. And they would go down with it. And you ask, well, how do you know they'd go down with it? There's a mob standing outside of Google's doorstep in London today. People wanting to kick the doors in and drag those people out. Mainstream media is nowhere near it. They don't want that to be shown. So they have to keep the economies closed. Understand that. They have to keep the economies closed. They have to keep things shut down so they can continue to channel that money around to their select insiders that they've chosen to take it to the next level on the other side of this. They're expecting everyone else to be shut down, right? Mom and pop, you're being closed. Amazon, HelloFresh, these uh, delivery companies, Uber, Uber Eats, all that stuff. All these experienced record-breaking profits during the lockdowns, didn't they? They grew by leaps and bounds. You didn't. As long as they can keep that money channeled to those people and keep it out of the hands of you and I, then they're okay. Or are they? This is another reason why they're going after crypto so hard. They can't get control of that either. Bitcoin just hit 50,000 again today. They're trying to suppress that. It's not working. But anyway, I went off on a long tangent there. You got any thoughts on that before uh, we jump on or we, before we continue on here with uh, uh, Hyden, Biden or what, whatever this guy is? I think their narrative is done with the COVID and everything. I think people are starting to see through it. So uh, them pushing this, uh, well, it, it's this one's been approved. It's just going to open the door for them to, uh, as you said, start doing mandates. They're going to start mandating on our military. They're going to start trying to get uh, small businesses or businesses in general, corporations and whatnot to mandate it. Um, you're going to see a lot more cases of people getting fired because they wouldn't take the vaccine or threats of firings, losing of pensions, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're going to try to do all of that, which they've started to do in some locations. This is going to continue on until you stand up and, and resist it. I mean, a, a good way is to if a company says hey we're going to mandate our our employees have the vaccine don't buy any more of their products simple as that it's a real shame you know that it's a real shame i mean i actually found myself today saying those businesses that put this stuff in you, you want to put vaccine passports in fine i hope you go broke i hope you do that's a terrible thing for me to say because I'm all about the small business. But let's be honest here. They're going to put you out of business anyway. The only thing you're doing is you are making that 
process go a whole hell of a lot faster. Oh, well, they'll find me. Again, they're going to shut you down anyway. Rather, they bankrupt you through, quite frankly, it's biological warfare or lawfare. It's the same thing. It's just how fast are you going to get there? You either take a stand for something or you fall for anything. And I told you what I would do if I were a business owner right now. I would be offering business to those that are not vaccinated as opposed to those who are. Actually, to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't discriminate. I wouldn't even play that card. I know I say that. It's easy enough to say that. But I would not discriminate against my customers because that's not the kind of sick individual that I am. And I'm certainly not going to listen to some clipboard thumping bureaucrat come down to my business and stand there with a stupid mask on his face and tell me about how I have to discriminate against who I'm going to do business with and who I'm not going to do business with. That is enough to have that person grabbed up by the collar of their shirt and tossed out in the street because that's where they belong and that's where they came from. Don't ever forget that. These are political psychopaths that come from the dregs of society. That's where they come from and that's where they belong. Joe Biden on his pleading with businesses to mandate vaccines now that it's approved. Today, I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Require it. Do what I did last month. Require your employees to get vaccinated. Uh huh. Now, see, Joe, those are not your employees. Those are our employees. Those are paid for by the taxpayers. Actually, you're our employee. If you want to get right down to it, you're put there because we pay you to be there. Actually, I don't think anyone actually voted for him. But I mean, that's that's another argument for another day, I guess. True. Uh, I think there are a few people that voted for him because there is some regret going around uh, of people that cast the votes. But, I know um, there, there was a there was a there was a uh, a group of people that called uh, Donald Trump the other day. I mean, you and I saw it. It's it's actually it's floating around out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. There there is some regret, but I I I'm still of the opinion that uh, we don't have a safe and secure election process. So. Uh, you know. All right. So I, I don't want to get too deep into this because it's it's going to happen again next week. And it's going to happen uh, more. Uh, now they're saying that the mainstream media, they're saying 175,000 people protested in the country of France this weekend. 175. <laughs> they're, they're stepping it up a little bit. 175,000 have now protested across the entire nation of France. Do you buy those numbers? That um, is one protest. I mean, when you see the sea of people that show up and the photos, uh, obviously you can't see very far in the cell phone footage, but they're holding the camera up over or the phone up over their head and taking a photo. And all you can really see is about three blocks. But those three blocks are shoulder to shoulder crowds covering the entirety of the street. Um, I mean, 175,000 is just kind of like that's one protest. Yeah, they're, they're saying that an estimated 175,000 people marched in 220 demonstrations throughout France on Saturday with an estimated 14,700 mobilizing in Paris. I don't buy that for a second. I'm sorry, I don't. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, go through those numbers again. Yeah, 100 175,000. There's This is the estimate. 175,000 in 220 separate demonstrations across France. So, so... There was only 795 people per uh, protest. R roughly. On but the, yeah, the Gilets Jaunes, right, the Yellow Vest, one of their group leaders said that uh, there was an estimate at a minimum 
at a minimum, this is their quote, at a minimum of 357,000 in one protest at a minimum. That's yeah. more like it. That's more like it. That's that's closer to what. Yeah, that number. I mean, 174,000 sounds like a big number. But then when they say across 220 protests, that's a little that's different. when you got to be going, wait, hold on. You guys are BSing us here because when you figure those numbers, obviously, you know, I did quick math on on, on recording and uh, yeah, it's it's only it's under 800 people per that 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 no, you, you can fit more than 800 people in one little intersection, let alone three blocks. And when we see those videos, like, for example, the city of Nice, for example, right, those protesters down there, those are the ones where we get the people that are up, that are taking the photos and the videos. They're up on the tops of the, the buildings. They're up on top of mm -hmm. like 20, 30 story buildings and they're looking down. You're telling me that there's only a couple thousand in that. It, they're on top. They're t 10, 20 stories up. And those crowds are horizon to horizon from what you can see in those shots there's no way there's no way that those are only a couple thousand people there's no way yeah exactly uh so again this is the same media that told us you're gonna die if you get covid this is the same media that's telling us well there was only a few thousand people at those protests actually what they're really saying is there's only 800 less than 800 per protest mm, no i i don't buy no it I'm, I'm sorry no Mm -mm. Not not the numbers we're seeing. It, same thing with like even up in Amsterdam. You're telling me that there was only a couple thousand on the streets of Amsterdam? No way. No way. I don't buy that for a second. Maybe as Bruce said, maybe in just that intersection as they were crossing. Mm -hmm. But that's about as far as it goes. But none of the media are there to count heads. No. Uh, the, no. The, the, now, they're see, I, elsewhere. I can sit here and I can roll over. I can run B-roll behind me here and you can see it. You're going to sit there and pass off a thousand? 5,000, hell, 10,000 even. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Not at all. Anybody that is subscribed to us on our Telegram page knows that we're, look we're looking at well over a few thousand protesters per event, well over that. They're missing a few digits in there, a few zeros somewhere. Okay. Um, the Pentagon, uh, as of today, the Pentagon has said that they are going to move forward. Uh, by the way, they're out there protesting vaccine passports, by the way. Oh, and don't think for a second, do not think for a second, if you're listening to us in America, that's where our largest audience is, do not think for a second that they are not going to move on vaccine passports in the United States. It is coming. It is coming. I love I love this stuff. Somebody asked me today, they said, well, aren't you at the gym? I said, no. I said, why not? I said, because I need a vaccine passport to get in there. They said, oh, no, no way. No way. And I said, yeah. I said, it's the same as it is in New York and California. You need vaccine passports to get into places. And they said, well, it's a good thing I don't live there. Oh, don't you think for a second they're not going to bring it to where you are? That I, I get I get the sentiment. But really, that that's your response is, well, good thing I don't live there. Um, it's coming to your doorstep. Like if you don't get a handle on it in those locations, if you don't help those people or at least talk about it in your circles, make people aware that it's coming. It's coming to your doorstep. Mayor Bill de Blasio, speaking of New York, right? We do have audio of him. Speaking of New York, his words of wisdom, right? They're, they're always so inspiring, aren't they? Yeah, that's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. Mayor Bill de Blasio on the new mandate. New York announced immediately, as soon as they announced that it was approved, within 20 minutes, New York City came out and made the following statement. They will now mandate vaccinations for all public school teachers and staff. And there is no way to opt out. Listen to what I just said. There is no way to opt out. Mayor Bill de Blasio on the approval 
of the Pfizer jab. And what a perfect moment for this, given the big news today. Right. And we're so thrilled. The FDA uh-huh. has announced today <laughs> the full approval of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh-huh. This is a game-changing moment. We've been waiting oh, yes, for this for is. a long time to have the full approval of vaccine. We now have it. This helps us move forward, and we're moving forward with our schools with this new vaccine mandate. So today, a major announcement to ensure the safety of our schools, of our kids, of all the adults in our schools as well. Today, the New York Mm -hmm. City Department of Health will be issuing an order requiring all staff in the New York City public schools to be vaccinated. This will require that all staff of every kind, principals, teachers, custodians, uh, food service, you name it, needs to have at least one dose by September 27th. The entire staff by September 27th, at least one dose. Why? Again, it's that September date again. Again. Um, But also, de Blasio should know this. Being in New York, there's a large Jewish crowd there. So you you have that religious crowd. The vaccine has, like, the, the research that led to the vaccine uses stem cells. Like that, that's the beginning of this, the, the DNA chain, the, the gene chain they used to manufacture these, there was fetal tissue that was used at one point. So it's unethical in that sense for religious groups. That alone should be enough to say, uh, I'm not getting it. It, it. It's unethical. It violates our religion. Even so, you're still, you're still not giving people informed consent. You're still not doing it. I don't care if you have 15 approvals come through. I don't care if they, they say that they're, they've got like, what, 100 of these things they're working on. I don't care if they approve 100 of them and some. You still do not have my informed consent. Do you understand? You don't have it. I don't give a damn what Joe Biden, that feckless old man, I don't care what he has to say when he comes out and he says, uh, the time of, of your waiting for approval is over. Son, you never had my approval from the start and you're not going to get it. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Understand that. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm anti this garbage, whatever this is. When you get one of these inserts on one of these things, you open it up. It's two feet by two feet. That's how big those things are. And it's blank on both sides. Do you honestly think because you've gotten some rubber stamp from some useless organization like the FDA who who classifies vitamins as toxic in in some way, shape or form. I I don't understand these people. Do you honestly think that I'm going to sit there and I'm going to put something in my body because a bunch of losers and degenerates like you tell me to do it and there is no informed consent? You are going to have a very bad day on the other end of this. You understand? The Pentagon has moved forward to, as Bill de Blasio said, it helps them move forward. Yes, it does help them move forward. Look up the word forward. Tell me where that comes from. That's straight out of Karl Marx. I'll save you the time. The Pentagon is going to mandate a COVID-19 vaccine for the military. You're going to court-martial 30% of the armed forces? Because I can tell you right now, that's probably the number you're going to be dealing with that have the same attitude as people like us. U.S. military will move to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine, which is not, again, it's not a vaccine, for all service members now that the Pfizer vaccine has full approval from the Food and Drug Administration. Oh, well, that's, I can't tell you how deeply moved I am. I'm actually glad they approved it, to be honest. I am. I'm glad they approved it. And you'll understand why as we continue on. It just shows their uh, their level of spiraling is all it does. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is prepared to issue updated guidance requiring all service members to be vaccinated. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. Lloyd Austin. Here's a guy who is and I, his military career is not in question here. OK, I got I got respect for him for that. Same as John McCain. I had respect for him for that. 
But as far as politics goes, the man's a terrible politician. And so is McCain. Here's a guy who's supposedly double vaccinated, gets off the plane in the Philippines on the tarmac alone, gets down the stairs, double mask and a facial. And this guy's an idiot. He's an idiot when it comes to politics. I just want to be clear on that. These efforts ensure the safety of our service members and promote the readiness of our force, not to mention the health and safety of the communities around the country in which we live. John Kirby. Uh, press sec- Pentagon press secretary John Kirby is the one that said that, not Austin. So the way that the way that this written, it says all the way at the bottom. Kirby said, OK, well, I didn't know that. All right. So I thought it was Austin the way that was said at the top. OK, so, well, regardless, John Kirby is saying that Pentagon press secretary John Kirby is saying that. But Austin is is taking all these precautions like it's the end of the world. Every single person that he was fist bumping out there on that tarmac, they were all masked up. And, and I think a couple of them had a shield on as well. What are they concerned about? They're probably jabbed anyway, right? He can't be so blind, Secretary Austin, he can't be so blind as to not see the data that's coming out about this. These guys look at data and look at reports and statistics all day long. He can't be that blind, can he? They really can't be that far gone. Looks like they are. It looks like they're being good little soldiers and following what the great world, the the, the great reset, the new world order wants them to do. Uh Uh-huh. And how long do you think that that's going to play out for them? Because I can assure you, gentlemen, if you think for one moment that you are going to get a seat at that table, you are sorely mistaken. And that goes for people like Klaus Schwab, too. Oh, yeah, he's going to promote this idea. But you know something? Dear old Klaus isn't going to have a seat at that table either. It goes all the way to his level. All these celebrities, all these garbage celebrities and all these people who think that they're going to help bring in this wonderful Marxist utopia. Believe me, you're the first to go. Every single time in history, when you have people usher in a new era along totalitarian lines, what do you think happens to them every time? Do you know why? Because once that group seizes power, once they go for the full Monty, once they go for that full bit of control, all of it, the people that help them do it are considered counter-revolutionaries and they are, in Marxist terms, liquidated. Because, well, if you'll sell your own people out, well, then you'll turn on them just as fast, won't you? So you're a liability. Case in point, all the brown shirts in Nazi Germany, right? The street thugs. Yeah, the Antifa for its time, but it wasn't really Antifa. Antifa was a rival Marxist faction. But the street thugs that Hitler had, the SA, what happened to them? Well, once they created another group called the SS that was run by a guy named Heinrich Himmler, once it was solidified there, what do you think happened to the brown shirts? All of them. I mean, we're talking thousands of them. Read about the Night of the Long Knives. All of those guys were killed in one night, in one night. The black shirts under Mussolini, same thing. The young revolutionaries that carried Fidel Castro's message when he was marching across Cuba. Most of them were young middle-class university graduates, by the way. That's mainline history. When they marched into Havana and they moved on Batista at the palace, what do you think happened after they seized power? After Fidel and Raul seized power, what do you think happened to all the people that? Not to mention Batista's people. I mean, we know what happened to them. What do you think happened to the people that aided Castro? They were lined up right next to Batista's people on the beaches of Havana and shot. You see, you go along with this. You don't make it. Either way, you don't make it. They've put themselves in a jackpot. Same thing with politicians. They put themselves in a jackpot. They thought by going along with this, they were going to actually get something out of it. Maybe they still think they do or they will. But regardless, if the people win, which they will, because every metric at this moment shows that, and the behavior and the degenerative decline of the political and financial class, it shows that they're losing what they're doing. The agendas, it shows that it's all coming apart. 
They're desperate. So the politicians and the bureaucrats, not to mention everybody else that goes along with this and, and kind of aids in that, that transition, their fate is sealed either way. Your fate was sealed when you didn't push back and open things back up after 14 days. That was it. That was it. Bruce was a little bit more generous. He said 21 days. Okay, fine. Hell, a month even. All right. I'm willing to go that far. A month. Right? Why not? Just to be sure. But when that second lockdown came, when lockdown two came, right then and there, I said, that is the end of it. I said, that's the end of it. For the politicians. I said, your fate is sealed at this point. We, the people, gave you that chance to save yourselves in some way, shape, or form. But your fate is now sealed. And you will face judgment for what you've done. You will. And it will be done legally and in a court of law on the other side of this. It will happen. Of course, we're going to have to clean out the court systems first. That's got to happen. We have to have legal reform because apparently we have no legal system whatsoever. Case in point, January 6th, the FBI apparently is, uh, well, they've closed everything out there. Yeah, there was real no, no real insurrection there. And it's, it's nothing happened. Yet we still have people in prison for it being held without charges. So apparently we have no legal justice system at the moment. The FBI is going around arresting people for standing on Capitol steps and arresting them for Lego sets and and, and tourniquets and, and neck gaiters and, and all this ridiculous crap. So apparently we have no legal system. So we're going to have to fix that. You've got people that are in Australia that are interrupting press conferences that are screaming Nuremberg 2.0. Those days are coming. I assure you, those days are coming. Again, the protests in France and in European countries are getting larger. By the week, they are getting larger. The footage shows it. We're looking at footage every week. And yet there is zero coverage from the mainstream media. As I said, there is a crowd out in front of Google's headquarters in London tonight, ready to burn the place down. And the mainstream media is not there. Oh, the police are out there thumping on them. But if you go just down the street a few blocks, Extinction Rebellion's down there gluing themselves to the, to the roadway and gluing themselves to delivery vans to make a point. Women are standing out there topless with pasties on themselves. And the police have set up a perimeter so they can have their protest. Where do you think the media is? All right. Let's spend the last little bit here on uh, spending the, the back end of this on um, Afghanistan. So they're saying now that there is no way by and it's not just the U.S. that are saying this. Uh, the Europeans are now saying this, too. They say that there is no way that we can get our people out by August 31st. And the Taliban have warned of dire consequences if we don't get them out and if we if we don't um, meet our deadline, dire consequences. So the Taliban draws a uh, draws an August 31st red line for troop withdrawals and they say that there will be consequences. A spokesperson for the Taliban told Sky News, take that for what you will, on Monday that there will be consequences if the US extends its troop withdrawal beyond August 31st. Yet they asked NATO to remain who do you think, by the way, you idiots, who do you think funds over 80% of NATO? That's the US. When you say NATO, you might as well just say the US and the UK. That's really about what you're going to get when it comes to that. I mean, occasionally you get some of these other countries that might throw in a little bit, you know, uh, Turkey might throw in a Jeep, you know, a time or two. And, and you might get, a, I don't know, a, you might get a couple of magazines from some of the other European countries. That's really about it. The US and its allies are quickly approaching the full withdrawal date with thousands left still to evacuate. Well, then you shouldn't stop the flights. That would be a good start, as Bruce said earlier. You shouldn't stop the flights. On top of that, you shouldn't have defense contractors going around stifling the process for assets 
to get out of the country. You shouldn't have a State Department telling Americans, shelter in place, and we advise you not to go to the airport. Uh, well, because you're scared of a checkpoint? Bowl through the checkpoint, gentlemen. You put five or six armored personnel carriers out there, if you unload those off of the tarmac and you go 110% full steam ahead through that checkpoint, believe me, we will get our people out. That's that's being a bit generous. I would uh, I I I would probably glass those um, checkpoints. Just uh, again, I'm I'm being generous. You know, I, I'm just I'm trying to do it with minimal you know minimal damage here. But I'm sorry, yeah, but, I, I'm along with I'm along with Fattis on this. Sam Fattis, this, the former CIA guy. I'm along with him, and he says, "Look, if you want to sit here and you want to play 12th century, whatever, fine. But we're going to get our people out of here, and you are not going to interfere." And that's the end of it. That is the end of it. The concern I have now is the Taliban's um, rhetoric there could honestly just be them uh, bluffing, if you will, because they're not really going to be able to do anything. But here's the problem. Hang I'm not right. sure they can't do anything. You're, you're, you're not worried about those elite special forces units that they now have? Yeah, uh, it looks like you could outrun them. If you can run further than 20 yards, you can probably outrun them because they look like except, they'd pass out from... Except to a buffet table. Except to a buffet table. You're right. You're right. They, they are a very special force. Anyway, I, I have difficulty saying that the Taliban won't actually retaliate because here's the problem. We have potentially upwards of 40,000 uh, people there. We don't know where all those assets are. It's possible some of those assets are within Taliban Taliban's hands. Like they could have hostages. So, I mean, it could end up being very messy if the Taliban decide to actually take action and, and attack uh, American citizens. And the Biden administration just handed all of this to them on a silver platter. Millions of bullets, M16s and an Air Force is what we gave them. They have billions in U.S. weapons. You know, I heard somebody else, I heard a, a, another general, I, I can't remember what he was over, but I heard another general, he was in country over there for a while, um, and he said that uh, he was also one of the guys that was over uh, Bagram at, at that point in time. And uh, he said that a lot of these armaments and everything that we, quote, left, uh, now he was still, he was playing the kind of like the, the rhino side of things. But he did say specifically, he says, look, I'm not a neocon, but honestly, I, far be it for me to question a general, but I don't really buy this. I don't buy this. I, I know where he's coming from. I know where he's coming from, but I don't really buy this. Uh, when he said that he had no doubt that the Biden administration did everything they could to destroy our assets on the ground before we pulled out. But a majority of what yeah, I agree. But the majority of what the Taliban have now are what they confiscated from the Afghan security forces when they abandoned their posts. I, again, I, I say that I dis I know you're shaking your head, but again, I, I say that I disagree with what he says because I don't think that it was just the Afghan security forces gear. I mean, hell, they left with a lot of it and they went across the border to Iran. Hell, Iran got most of that gear and all those vehicles. They got all that stuff. But as far as the armaments and everything else, no. M-16s, I haven't seen a single Taliban fighter with an M-16 yet. All I see are brand new shiny M-4s. That's all I see. But I don't believe the administration got rid of, of all that stuff. I don't believe that for a second. We've seen pictures of Humvees. We've seen pictures. Now, the Humvees could legitimately be, we gave that to the locals there. That, that's very possible because we stopped using Humvees. 
few years back, actually, and we started going towards MRAPs, uh, vehicles that are designed to be able to take IEDs and those kind of things. Wait till the next vehicles. Wait till the next generation of vehicles. We're going to have an all electric yeah. military, Bruce. Yeah. Now we're going that direction as well. And so, the lithium is going to come from Afghanistan from the Chinese. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do believe him that some of the gear probably did come from the locals, but not all of it. There was MRAPs we've seen pictures of uh, at, at military bases that they just turned the lights out on and walked away. They didn't they didn't blow the whole place up. Uh, no, there, there, there was none of that. There was a few pictures I remember seeing of MRAPs that were uh, left behind. Some of them had flat tires, you know, uh, I mean, they could have sabotaged the vehicles. Uh, but I mean, really, is it going to be that difficult to not fix those? I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. Things like like vehicles like Humvees, they don't even have keys. Yeah, it's it's literally just a switch. Because honestly, if you're going to steal a Humvee, are you going to be dumb enough to steal a Humvee? Seriously, you're going to wind up in prison if you do that. Because you're going to steal federal property like that. It's not going to happen. I actually know somebody that owns one of those things. He went to a Desert Storm auction and he bought one. And he used. I mean, it's it's licensed. It's it's registered. He can drive it on the road as a civilian. But uh, he had to weld a uh, a shackle on the floor of it. And then he has to use this big, massive industrial chain that he has to chain up the steering wheel with to that shackle that he welded to the floor. There's no other way. There's no other way to keep somebody from stealing that because there's no key. They don't design those things to be uh, to be made with keys. And I don't think there's any way you can actually rig one on there. Now, what exactly did the Taliban have in their arsenal? Well, see, we don't even know that. That's the other thing. We don't even know what they have. As Bruce said, we just tucked tail and ran in the middle of the night. Uh, we made no qualms about uh, dropping any kind of explosives or anything on any of our vehicles. Yeah, we might have flattened the tires on a couple of things, but really, how hard is it to replace a tire on a Humvee in the Middle East when you send in upwards of 60,000 Humvees into a country like Afghanistan over 20 years, which we did? How hard do you think it's going to be to find one tire for an American Humvee? It's not going to be that difficult. They're very resourceful. Reuters cited an official in the Biden administration who said that the current intelligence assessment is that the Taliban could have captured more than 2,000 thousand armored vehicles. That means it's more than that, including U.S. Humvees and up to 40 aircraft, including UH-60 Blackhawks, meaning it's more than that, scout attack helicopters, and even Scan Eagle military drones. Oh, this isn't a problem or anything. Jack Posobiec's out today and he says the Biden administration just funded a Taliban gun show. <laughs> and he did. He did. I respectfully disagree with the general that I heard on an interview this morning saying, well, I'm sure they did everything they could. No, General, they didn't. Respectfully. Actually, I disagree. They probably they probably did do everything that they could. They did everything <laughs> yeah, that, they were allowed to do. Right. Without it making it look like open treason. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All the numbers get even better. According to a 2017 Government Accountability Office report or a GAO report, the most recent accounting of U.S. made equipment since 2003, the United States has provided the Afghan forces listen to this, with at least 600,000 light weapons, including M16s and M4 rifles, 76,000 vehicles, including light trucks, 16,000 sets of night vision goggles, 162,000 radios, and other communications devices. In addition, this also includes vast quantities of grenades, grenade and rocket launchers, and vast quantities of ammunition. 
possibly numbering in the millions, delivered to the Afghan military between early 2017 and early 2019, according to a 2020 Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction Report. I don't have any words. After seeing what happened in Syria and how well their military resisted, why would you give the Afghanis a single bullet? It's only going to be used against you. And in this case, literally, most of our guys were getting shot in the back. Yep. Green on blue. You know, I saw a, a video of some Marine Corps guys that were sent down to train some of the Afghan security forces. And they were trying to teach them how to do jumping jacks. This is why nation building doesn't work, by the way. They were trying to teach them how to do jumping jacks. And the Marines got so fed up after about five minutes of trying to do this that they just walked away. They couldn't even get them to do jumping jacks. They couldn't even get that right. What makes you think that they are going to be capable of whatever it is you expect them to do by giving them all of this stuff? Do you have any idea how much money we have wasted and squandered in there over nothing? How many lives have been lost? How many people have been psychologically screwed up for the rest of their natural lives that get tossed aside like yesterday's trash on a curb? It's pathetic. It's disgraceful. That's not who we are. And people, corrupt people in our governments are out there doing that in our name? No, no, that's not going to continue. That is not going to continue. On the other side of this, no matter what happens, that is not going to continue. That, uh, I, I agree with you, but I would say it's not going to continue in places like Europe, maybe Australia, because their people are standing up and resisting. Here in the U.S., um, this stuff is going to continue. This is going to keep going because you know what kind of resistance I'm seeing in the U.S.? I mean, I see protests every once in a while, but is, is exactly. I mean, we've seen we've seen some of the protests like, uh, you know, uh, the state capital here and I some know of the other is. locations. Yeah, I, I know what it is. So I told you earlier that somebody said, oh, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm glad that I live in a state that doesn't have those vaccine passports. Uh-huh. Exactly. You'll start to see the protest then when people find out that they're going to be excommunicated from, I don't know, going to a shop to buy some clothes, going to, uh, I don't know, going to see uh, a play that your kid's in in school. Oh, that's, by the way, if you're even allowed to put your kid back in school because they'll be forcibly vaccinated against your will. Like, that that's coming. That is coming. No, not not here in America. They don't right. do those kind of things here. Yeah, sure. You can't go to a gym. That's what I'm dealing with right now. You can't go to a gym unless you have a vaccine passport. If you live in New York, you can't go to a gym. You can't do anything up there. You can shop for food. That's about it. That's all you can do. Can't go to the park. Can't get on a train. Can't take a cab. Can't take an Uber. What are you going to do? Oh, how, I just won't live there. Th yeah. How, how long is that going to last? You didn't think you were going to get the mask mandates at the local level, did you? Yeah. I mean, how long is, how long are you going to be able to continue getting food until they say, well, you can't even go shopping unless you have a, a vaccine? I think that'll be their last play, to be honest with you. I think that'll be it. Because once they start cutting people off from food, that's when you're going to see the real like that's going to be the at least in Europe. That's where it's going to be. The real revolt is going to be that right there. Well, they'll still allow you to buy from like HelloFresh, Amazon, so oh, on and sure. so forth. You, yeah, you'll still fun. be allowed to do that. Yeah. Until they get the Internet ID. And yeah, then. Yeah, that'll be. Of course, you'll need to have that'll probably be tied to your vaccine passport as well. So that'll yeah, that'll be there. That'll be in there in some way. Yeah. All right. Um, so the Taliban, you know, the Taliban, they're happy that Beijing's coming in there. Did you know that? They're happy that, that Beijing's going to come in. A Taliban spokesperson has praised Beijing for its role in Afghan politics. I see, they're, they're just in there to help. Yeah. Because that's worked out so well with every other government that's ever been in Afghanistan, hasn't it? Ask Alexander the Great. Oh, yeah, it goes back that far. The Chinese regime has played a, quote, constructive role 
in promoting peace and reconciliation in Afghanistan. And the Taliban hopes that Beijing can contribute to the rebuilding of the country. That's according which to their just official means, state-run media. Which just means the CCP's been helping fund the Taliban has been siding with the terrorists. Mm-hmm. Well, as the embassy in Pakistan said, the Chinese embassy in Pakistan that we quoted yesterday says that, well, the Taliban should help crush those terror forces. That way it would give Beijing the ability to, or excuse me, <laughs> that way it would give China the ability to view the Taliban's willingness to um, to bring stability to the region through a window. Basically, go out there and prove your worth to us. That's what we want you to do. They say that Beijing can play an important role in the reconstruction of Afghanistan. See, they're going to rebuild everything that we dumb Westerners, we went in there and tore up. Yeah, they're, they're going to rebuild everything. See, they're going to offer you the solution. I told you, this is what China does. They will go into a third world country somewhere and they will say, hey, we're interested in that... Um, that mineral deposit you have over there on the uh, eastern end of your country where no one lives, we're, we're interested in that. Um, but it seems to us that you need some roads in this country and you need some water treatment in this country. We can help you out with both of those things. No problem. We can even supply the labor. The only thing we ask is we need to establish a base of operations here and we'll supply you all the labor. You don't have to worry about, we'll need to build an airstrip so we can get supplies in. But other than that, I mean, you really don't have to do anything. We just want that uh, uh, mineral uh, stuff you have over there. We will make you rich, and this will help you garner favor with all of the uh, the people in your country. And, and we'll also help you get reelected. How's that sound? And usually the answer is, okay, sure, why not? That's what they play. China is colonizing Africa in this manner. Now they're going to try and do it with Afghanistan. The problem you're going to run into is not only are you going to be dealing with all those proxy wars in there now, not only are you going to be dealing with that pest, you're going to be dealing with, at some point, you're going to see some rigid conflict in there between the Taliban. Because make no mistake, the Taliban is not just one tribe. That's not how this works over there. You've got several different groups in there always warring and vying for control and, and everything else. It's a very tribal nation. It's always been that way. It goes back 2,000 years or more. But you have people in there that are very religiously idealistic, let's say, right, as the Taliban are, right? Very devout Islamic, you know, fundamentalism, right? Very devout. Believe in the Sharia and all the rest of that stuff, right? How's that going to play with over the one million Uyghurs you have that are of the same faith as them in forced labor camps and prison camps having their organs harvested? How's that going to play? How's that going to work? Are all of the Taliban now going to go along with that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Why not? They're forced slavery. They are, but only for their women, not for their men. Not necessarily. I mean, Middle East is fine with uh, enslaving people. Okay, yeah, both that's true. Men or women. Yeah, okay. The history. All right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually we talked about that uh, at one point in time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, does that actually? I mean, do you see that actually being a long term thing? I don't. I don't. Because, because, I'm just saying historically here, because every single outside force, every one of them that's ever gone into Afghanistan has been driven out at some point or another. We were not going to be any different. Every single group that's ever gone in there, all the way back to Alexander the Great, has been driven out of there. So what makes you think that this is going to be any different? So the Russians siding with Syria's uh, government, using that as an example, I think they learned their lesson the first time they went in there and tried to rule everything. They tried to use force. Now they're just uh, playing proxy war with uh, whoever the, the leader is and using them as a puppet and not forcing them uh, with military might 
but just uh, using their vices against them. It's kind of what the Chinese are doing, a similar tactic, uh, getting what they want by manipulating the, the leadership without using force. I kind of think that's uh, going to be successful in the sense that they'll get what they want. And then once they've squeezed all they want out of the location, they'll leave. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to I think it'll work better for them than going well, in and, and doing a military but they still takeover. need yeah, yeah but they still need a belt and like that they still need the area that goes through afghanistan regardless so now that china is going to go in there china will never want to leave because they have to have in order for this new belt and road initiative for them to work in order for that modern day silk road to work they have to have afghanistan afghanistan is crucial in that that area that part of the world it has to be there like they have to have it if they don't have it then their bri does it doesn't work yeah but is it so difficult with the size that Afghanistan is? Is it so difficult to play the games that they play, pull some strings, and then just go in and take over certain locations and that be their locations? I don't see why they, they wouldn't just go in and take over with the Belt and Road or do some kind of treaty, trade, whatever the hell they, they do with the Taliban and form some agreement that uh, they just go in and take over, you know, occupy land in certain locations. I mean... I don't see why they, they wouldn't do that. And I don't see why they wouldn't be able to do that if they can if they can play the game well enough and manipulate the Taliban. I, I don't see why they couldn't. That's a fair point. All right. Uh, we are going to go ahead and jump out of here. However, this is breaking. Cyber Ninja's CEO and two other members fall ill with COVID-19. The full Arizona audit draft was set to be received today, but now they're all out. Funny how that works. You know, it's just that is interesting. right at that crucial time, everyone gets pulled because of COVID. It's really interesting how that, that all gets put out, you know, like that at the last minute. Anyway, for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. So get over there and get signed up to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.